Welcome back, MTN Giants podcast. We're going to preview the Giants at the Bills in week number six. The one and four Giants go to Buffalo to face the three and two Buffalo Bills. The Bills are 15 point favorites. Not a surprise. The Giants have an injury list about as long as the Bible. Um, no exaggeration. I mean, pretty much half the roster's on here if you look at it. I mean, not everybody's going to be out, of course, but just a very long list of players. We'll go through that. Even Buffalo, they've lost a lot of players in recent weeks, so they're definitely not at full strength either. Not that they need it. But, um, yeah, it's a new week for the Giants. You have a new quarterback now. Daniel Jones is out this week. It's Tyrod Taylor, who probably hasn't started a game since he was with the Texans back in, like, 2021. So, an opportunity for him to finally have a start and see what he does differently and if the offense can operate hopefully a little better. It can't get much worse. But um, we'll go through the injuries, go through the offense and defensive side of the ball, do the NFL spread of picks at the end. Hope you guys enjoyed the video and let's get into it. So unfortunately for the Giants, this is back-to-back -back weeks where you're playing a great team, but they're coming off a loss. So not only do they have to play a great team on the road in back-to-back -back weeks, but those teams are coming off losses. Of course, back in like week four, the Bills beat the crap out of the Dolphins. They took out their frustrations on the Giants in week number five. Last week, the Bills lost in London to the Jaguars. They were kind of sleepwalking through three quarters. Kind of came back at the end, but not enough. But it's another great team coming off a loss. So you hate to be the get-right game for these good teams, but that's kind of the position the Giants are in right now. Going through the Bills, they have the third-best scoring offense right now at 31.8 points per game. They are fourth in passing yards per game. Middle of the pack in terms of running the ball, they have average running backs. I think James Cook's very talented, but they don't give him a lot of touches, so don't know why. Maybe they're trying to save him for the playoff run, whatever, not my concern. Um, their defense is fifth best in points per game allowed, so obviously their defense is playing well. I mentioned they've had some injuries. Trey White, the corner, Tore his Achilles a few weeks back. That was tough to see. Matt Milano had an injury in London. And same with Daquan Jones. Those guys are both pretty much out for the season. So we will not see them on Sunday, of course. Dorian Williams stepped in for Matt Milano. He was a guy out of Tulane that I actually kind of liked. He was a bit undersized, but a very athletic linebacker. He came in and played well. So maybe he can... Uh, have some good reps there for the Bills defense in his first career start, I'm assuming. Um, they have the eighth best passing defense this year. But once again, I mentioned that Trey White is out for the year. Their former first-round pick, Kyer Elam, out of Florida a couple years ago, has been benched. And he has not been playing well so far in his young career. So I'm assuming you can go after these corners. They still have good corners, Teron Johnson and whoever else, Dane Jackson. But, you know, for the most part, you can attack this cornerback room, hopefully. But... Can the Giants offensive line hold up is the real question. Right now, Josh Allen is playing out of his mind. He's probably one of the top three MVP frontrunners, if I had to guess. I have not looked at the odds, but the guy has eight touchdowns in the past two games. That's including rushing touchdowns. The Bills do have to get their running game going, as I mentioned. They have James Cook. They have Latavius Murray, who still plays. He's like 33, so shout out to him. They signed Damian Harris from the Patriots in the offseason. He barely plays. He's like their 
third and one, fourth and one kind of back. I feel like he has no other role outside of like the very short yardage situations. But James uh, James Cook is their explosive back, a pretty good receiver as well. Stephon Diggs is on a heater. He has three straight 100-yard games. He's been amazing this year. Gabe Davis also on a heater. He was, you know, very hyped up last year for fantasy football, but it seems like now Gabe Davis is healthy and playing well. He scored a touchdown in four straight games. I mean, the Bills' offensive line is decent. Um, Osiris Torrance is the rookie, playing a lot of right guard for them. He had a couple penalties last week in some key spots, but I think for the most part, their offensive line has been pretty solid given the, I don't, I don't want to say lack of talent, but they're not like the Eagles. They're not like the Detroit Lions. They don't have like an elite offensive line, but they're always like middle of the pack. So the Bills keep getting it done there. For the Bills defense, I mentioned they're down about three starters, maybe even more, but three starters at least, and they're all good players too. Von Miller came back last week, first game off the torn ACL. He played 20 snaps. I don't think he did much, but it's first game back. If there's a game to get right and get your stats up, it's probably against the Giants. Uh, Leonard Floyd, Ed Oliver, Greg Rousseau, they're all still on that defensive line. Missing somebody else, too. Who was the, the guy out of uh, Iowa a couple years ago? Epinesa. AJ Epinesa is here as well. So their defensive line has a ton of talent. And with the Giants offensive line playing the way it does, I mean, might be some tough situations for Tyrod to get out of. Now, the good thing about Tyrod is he is better at escaping pressure than Daniel Jones is. I think Daniel Jones is faster, like in a straight line, but Tyrod in terms of like maneuvering and escapability, Tyrod's better at that, but he will get sacked. Sometimes Tyrod holds onto the ball a little too long. Um, they still have good safeties. You know, Micah Hyde's playing very well. Jordan Poyer is a bit up there in age as well, but he still looks all right. So they have a good defense for the most part. Their offense looks elite right now. So it's a good team. Despite the injuries, the Bills are a team you cannot take lightly. There's no doubt about that. I actually forgot to go over the injuries. I'm sorry. I failed you guys. But for guys that we know are out, I mentioned Daniel Jones, Aziz Ojolari. I mean... Again, just this guy always misses games. It's a shame because he's talented. He just never plays. So Matt Pert is also out this game. He could have played left tackle probably, but he's out with a shoulder injury. Um, Wandale got a limited practice in on Friday. John Michael Schmitz, the center, is out with a shoulder. Andrew Thomas, the news is not good with him. Hamstring, and it sounds like he may be out for even longer. So this is one of the longer hamstring issues you'll see a guy have, but... It's unfortunate. I just hope by next year he's back fully healthy at this point. doesn't really matter. Um, Darren Waller should play. He had two limited practices on Thursday and Friday with a groin. So he used to have a hamstring injury. Now it's a groin, but he should be okay. Saquon's still questionable with the ankle. I would not rush him back. There's no point in him playing this game, but it's up to them. So if it were me, though, I would just say there's no point. Um, who else we got? Shane Lemieux questionable with a groin. DJ Davidson and Evan Neal, questionable as well. Evan Neal was like a bit of a surprise. I feel like he was a late addition. Um, I would like to have Evan Neal there. Like, I want to see him progress. And, and, you know, he's still a young player. I want to see him get better. But, unfortunately, he may miss this game. So, we'll see who the hell plays right tackle for this team. Whatever. Whoever it is, it's probably going to be rough anyway. So, that's a shame. Adoree Jackson was like a late addition as well, but it seems like he's fine. It was kind of weird. Like they put him on the injury report, but it seems like he's fine. So he'll be good to go, hopefully. For the Giants offense, I wrote down Jones or Tyrod. Well, now we have the answer. It is Tyrod this weekend. Um, I will say with Jones, it's like 
I think this was a thing that Giants fans were talking about on Twitter on, I think, Monday or Tuesday. And you'll see, it's it's crazy how these beat reporters all come out with the same type of headlines. There was three different beat reporters. It was Paul Schwartz, Ralph Vacchiano, and uh, Patricia Trina. They all came out with a similar headline, basically saying, the Giants failed Daniel Jones. How the Giants failed Daniel Jones. And like you see, like it really makes you think. Does John Mara have any sort of say in these type of uh, articles these people put out? Like, it's kind of odd how three beat writers that have been there for a long time put out the same. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like there's some agenda pushing going on here. I don't know. Um, personally, I think the blame is on the Giants and Daniel Jones, but that's just me looking at it objectively. I don't think the guy has played well. Um, have the Giants put Jones in a bad situation? Absolutely. But at the same time, I can sit here and talk about ways that Daniel Jones has been afforded luxuries that other quarterbacks don't have. I mean, look at a guy who's had his stats through four years and got the contract he got. I mean, you don't see that very often. Um, A lot of quarterbacks would not have been given a fifth year or a fourth year even last year. So Jones, in in some ways, has been awarded some things that maybe other quarterbacks would not have gotten. So there's good and bad to the situation. But just kind of funny how they all came out with the same article in the same day. Kind of odd. Um... Saquon's status for this game, I would think he's out once again, probably Matt Breda, Eric Gray once again, but the Bills do have an exploitable run defense so far, so that's the one thing that could save this team is Saquon getting a bunch of carries, but once again, I don't think they'll risk it. We'll probably see Josh Azuda at left tackle again, and my God, he was so bad last week. I want to see if his grades are up like individually for how bad he was, because when you look at the sequence of when Daniel Jones got hurt last week, there was a play where he, there were two plays in a row basically where his man got by him in like less than half a second. And on one of those plays, Jones gave it to Bellinger for an eight yard gain in the flat, but Jones got hit right away. And I believe the next play was when Jones, you know, got the whiplash and, and got knocked out of the game because for some reason Josh Zuda just can't seem to get his hands on these pass rushers. It just makes no sense. Like I think like it's a tough situation. I get it, but like you can't be this bad, you know? And like the Giants let Tyree Phillips go, who was like a serviceable swing tackle. He's now on the um the Eagles practice squad. Like you let that guy go but Josh Izuda's your starting left tackle, like, it just makes no sense. I don't know what this team does sometimes with some of these decisions, but I'm trying to find that score from last week, week five, Giants, Dolphins. Like, his grade had to be somewhere, like, in the 20s or maybe even worse. I want to try and find it quickly. Here we go. Finally found it. That took me way longer than it should have, but you guys don't need to know that. Um, He had a 25 pass blocking grade last week. I mean, it sounds about right. I figured it could have been worse because, like, some of those reps were just awful. Um, all right. So the rest of the Giants' offense, I mean, yeah, the offensive line is very concerning for a game like this. But, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. Like, it it kind of is what it is. Like, it's just – it sucks. But, um, you know, could the offense look a little better with Tyrod? Maybe. I'm not expecting that. Um like, there's people that think Tyrod is way worse than Daniel Jones. Like, I don't think that's the case. I think they're actually, like, kind of close. Just Daniel happens to be, like, 6'5", and whatever he is, and Tyrod's, like, 6'1". So, um, you know, I think Tyrod does things better, and some things Daniel does better. But 
maybe Tyrod's skill set is a bit better for this, you know, crap show of an offense. So maybe that could help. Like I once again feel that Tyrod's better at, um, you know, getting out of the pocket in sticky situations. Tyrod does at least have the ability to, when he's rolling out the pocket and like running to the sidelines, to at least look downfield and see who's open. I feel like Daniel Jones, when he's running outside, like towards the sidelines, kind of forgets to look upfield sometimes. And we've seen plays in back to back weeks where Wandell Robinson was open and Daniel Jones just didn't give him the ball. Like there was the play in the Seattle game where Jones rolled to his right. And I think just ran for a couple yards. He could have hit Wandell for like a 20-yard catch. And there was the play in Miami last weekend where Jones was running to his left. And it looked like all he had to do was kind of just turn his hips and set his feet and fire. He would have had Wandell for like a you know, 10, 15-yard catch. So I think those type of things uh, Tyrod can do better. I would hope Tyrod can probably read a defense better, can probably read a blitz a bit better. So there are things Tyrod can do a bit better. Um, he is more aggressive too, which I like. He had the touchdown pass to uh, to uh, Jalen Hyatt in the preseason, so maybe those two can connect in this game. That'd be nice to see. We didn't see many Tyrod deep shots in the fourth quarter in Miami. He did have the one throw to Darren Waller up the seam for like 20 yards or so. Got knocked away by the safety, but I, I think Tyrod's a guy who will at least take those chances, so that's exciting seeing this offense go vertical because we don't see that very often, so, you know, Tyrod may have an interception or two, but at least he'll go down, like, playing aggressive, so that you have that at least. For the Giants' defense, I mean, there are some concerns, of course. You have the rookie cornerbacks playing against this uh, great receiving core. I wonder, do they put Deontay Banks on Stephon Diggs or... You know, Adoree Jackson has been more of a slot guy for the most part. Do they put Adoree back on the outside and put Wandale or put a Cordell flop more in the slot position? That would probably make more sense for a game like this. It seems like in recent weeks, though, as they're going away from Trey Hawkins because he has not played that well, unfortunately, they are playing Adoree Jackson more on the outside. So we'll probably see more Adoree on Stephon Diggs, hopefully. I feel like that'd be a more fair matchup. But hey, maybe Deontay Banks is the better matchup right now. The guy's playing pretty well for a rookie corner. So maybe that is the right matchup. I don't know. But the one thing about Adoree Jackson is please stay healthy because him and a few others I would like to see traded by the trade deadline because at least get something for them rather than letting them go for nothing. I feel like... You know, with Dory Jackson, Leonard Williams, maybe Saquon, like guys like that have no business being on this team long term. So if I'm Joe Shane, I'd probably see what's out there and see if I can get something for these guys. Like, I think a Dory in the right spot could be worth a third round pick. Uh, maybe it's more of a fourth round pick, but either way, better than nothing. And it's a deep draft class, too. So you want to get as many picks as possible. Um, a guy like Leo can probably get you a fourth as well. Saquon, maybe a three or a four. I don't know. You know, there's some rumors about, oh, the Giants should trade Saquon to the Ravens. They lost J.K. Dobbins for the year. They're kind of rotating Gus Edwards and Justice Hill right now. And the corpse of Melvin Gordon is still there as well. So maybe, you know, a team like that's a good idea. I don't know. But if I'm Joe Shane, I'm definitely seeing what's out there because, like, I know some guys probably think this this team still has a chance to make the playoffs. I think it's pretty much over. Um, 
they're most likely going to lose this game. It seems like maybe they're resting some guys for the game next week, which is against Washington at home. So maybe you try and win that game and get to two and five and make your division record better. But I still don't see a path for this team to make the playoffs. It seems like that's kind of it. Once they lost that Seattle game, it felt like, you know, the chances were over. So if I'm Joe Shane, I'm looking to move these pieces and try and get picks and finally have the proper rebuild that fans like myself have wanted for years. And hopefully we get that. Um, all right, so I think that's it for the game. Um, score prediction, let's see, I don't know. Uh, let's go with like 27 to 27 to 27, 16, I don't know, something like that. Maybe a bit more for the Bills. I can see them getting in the 30s, maybe like 31, 16, I don't know. But I think I said that last week, and I was actually close too. Um so something like that would be my prediction, but you know maybe the offense shocks us and they put up more points. We'll see. Um, a lot of revenge games out there. You know I love the revenge games, revenge game for Tyrod Taylor and a whole bunch of other people out there. So we'll get that narrative out there. But all right, let's get into the week number six NFL spread picks. All right, last week went pretty well actually. I went nine and four. I did lose the Monday nighter, the Green Bay, Las Vegas one. That pissed me off with the the horse collar kind of saved the touchdown there. So I could have went even better. It could have been 10 and 3, man. Come on, Marcus Peters. But on the season now, uh 38 and 35 and 1. So hey, not bad. I'll take the over 500. Anytime I can get that, like I'm pretty happy. Um first game is in London once again for like the third straight week. I mean, got to get me up at 9:30. I I get it, but um Baltimore Ravens at the Tennessee Titans. Baltimore, four-and-a-half-point favorites in this game. Um, I was going to take the Titans. I think these teams are still somewhat close. I feel like the Titans will be ready to play in this game. The Ravens are always kind of shady. You never know what kind of version you're going to get with that team. Their receivers played so bad last week. I would think they will bounce back, but... I feel like Tennessee is a team that can keep this kind of game close. These are similar-ish teams, pretty much a neutral playing field. I'm getting over a field goal, so I'll take the Titans plus four and a half. The Indianapolis Colts are at the Jacksonville Jaguars in division matchup. A pretty big game here, I think. What's their records here? I'm pretty sure this is for first place. I got to check real quick. Um, yeah, both teams are three and two, so interesting game here. It is Gardner Minshew who is playing quarterback now as Anthony Richardson's out for probably at least a month. He's on IR now, so that sucks. But the Jaguars are four-and-a-half-point favorites. I'm going to take Jacksonville. I feel like that could be the wrong side. Um, the Colts have been looking pretty good lately. I think they've won back-to-back -back games now, or maybe not. They took the Rams to overtime a couple weeks ago, but they've been playing good football. So I can see the Colts keeping this one close maybe even winning the game, but I do think Jacksonville has gotten more on track. They've gotten the run game figured out, so maybe they can win this game by more than four and a half. I'll take the Jaguars at home. The Commanders are at the Atlanta Falcons. The Commanders have the extended rest, but Atlanta has uh, some things going for them. I think Desmond Ritter played his best NFL game last week, so that was a you know good thing to see for them. They beat the Texans by two. I will stick with Atlanta. I'll take them minus two and a half. Um, Atlanta's defense is in a good spot. I feel like they are playing good football for the most part this year. Corners are playing well. 
They can hopefully take care of, you know, McLaurin, Dotson, and, and all the other weapons there for Washington. I could see Logan Thomas having a nice game, of course, the tight end, but I feel like the Atlanta defense will be okay. And if Desmond Ritter can play like last week, then hey, I mean, they should be fine. So I'm going to take Atlanta minus two and a half. Of course, I could see the commanders getting this victory and they probably need it. So we'll see what happens there. The Minnesota Vikings are at the Chicago Bears. The Bears also have extended rest. Um, Chicago is a three-point underdog at home. The Vikings don't have um, Justin Jefferson. I think he's missing his first career game, but he's on IR as well with a hamstring, so that sucks to see. Um, I made this tweet, or not tweet. There's no more Twitter. I made this X post a few days ago, and it's scary how similar the 2017 Giants are to the 2023 Minnesota Vikings. Like, they're a team that overachieved, made the playoffs the previous year, started out the following year, playing horrible the Giants I think started out 0-5 the Vikings are 1-4 both teams had their star wide receiver get hurt in week 5 week 5 was when Odell you know snapped his ankle this time you have Justin Jefferson with the hamstring both guys go on IR you have middle-aged white guy pocket passers Eli Manning or not (laughs) middle-aged mid-30s pocket passers and Eli Manning and Kirk Cousins and it's the second year for their head coaches. Like, there's a lot of just weird comparisons there. I'm not going to make a whole video on that, but, like, it's it's pretty odd. Anyway, got to make my pick here. Um, I'm going to go with Minnesota minus three. I feel like people will be compelled to take the uh, Bears because, oh, Justin Fields looked great. Oh, DJ Moore had 230 receiving yards. But, you know, I think Jordan Addison, KJ Osborne, um, TJ Hawkinson, they can get the job done. Kirk is still a good quarterback. So I'll take the Vikings minus three against a not-so-good Chicago Bears team. But, hey, maybe they've turned a corner. Maybe the Bears figured it out. I don't know. Um, Justin Fields is playing much better, but we'll see. The Northern Saints are at the Houston Texans. The Saints are favorites by two on the road. Um, I don't know who to take here. I, w- I was going to say the Saints, but now I'm kind of second-guessing myself here. I did a good job second-guessing myself last week with the Jets and Broncos game. <laughs> but, uh, hmm... I guess I'll stick it out with the Saints. I mean, they do have the better defense. They have enough weapons. Chris Olave is due for a big game eventually. This could be it. He's, you know, been dropping touchdowns and all that, but he should have a big game eventually. Derek Carr is getting more healthy with that shoulder as, you know, time goes on. So I'll take the Saints minus two on the road, but I don't love it. Next, we have the San Francisco 49ers at the Cleveland Browns. Uh, No Deshaun Watson as the... Niners are nine and a half point favorites on the road. I will take San Francisco. The Browns looked horrible the last time Watson didn't play, which I believe was week four. The Browns had a bye last week, so it's kind of odd to see. It kind of seemed like in week four that the Browns were keeping Deshaun Watson out for more like precaution, but he's now missed basically three straight weeks if you include the bye. So They're hoping he's fine. They're saying they're not going to play him until he has no pain in his throwing shoulders. So when the hell will that be? I don't know. Some people are saying that there's another off-field issue with Deshaun Watson. I'm not buying that just yet, but that'd be kind of funny if that were the case because it's just such a Browns thing to do. Hopefully he's not out there, like, you know, harassing any woman or anything like that. But still, um, I'm going to take San Francisco minus nine and a half. I feel like that team is just rolling right now. They're, They're clicking on all cylinders. 
the one concern I have is Cleveland's defense. Jim Schwartz has the Cleveland Browns defense playing great football. They had the bye week to prepare for this matchup. I could see like a low scoring game where maybe the the Browns or maybe the Niners win like an ugly game, like a 17-13 or something like that. Like maybe that's the outcome, but I, I would think they can probably score more than that with the offensive firepower they have. So I'll take the uh, 49ers minus nine and a half on the road. Next, we have the Carolina Panthers at the Miami Dolphins. This game's interesting. Um, I feel like the spread is right where, right where it needs to be. Two touchdowns is pretty fair for a matchup like this. I am pretty much against the Panthers. I just am not bought into Bryce Young right now. Uh, they have too many injuries on defense with Thompson and J.C. Horn out. Miami, for the most part, has all their guys healthy. I mean, Teron Armstead's still out, but that has not affected them just yet. Devon Achan is out, but they still have Raheem Mostert. They still have their wide receivers. Um, even a guy like Salvan Ahmed as their backup backup running back can come in and make some big plays. So I'll take the Dolphins minus 14. Yeah, I, I can see the Carolina Panthers getting some ugly backdoor cover here, but still, I'll take Miami minus 14. Next is a good game, Seattle at the Cincinnati Bengals. The Bengals are three-point favorites here as the home team. I'm going to take Seattle. Seattle has a bye. They're probably healthier. Geno Smith should be pretty much fully healthy now, battling the ankle injury that he sustained on two Monday nights ago against the Giants. He should be fine now. I mean, the Bengals looked good last week, but was it more of the Bengals looking better, or was it the Bengals playing the Arizona Cardinals? I don't know. If Joe Burrow looks healthy again for two weeks in a row, I'll definitely buy into this team more, but I got to see it twice to believe it, I feel like. So I, I have the Burrow and Chase stack in fantasy. I hope they go off. But um, for picking this game, I will take the Seahawks plus three on the road. The New England Patriots are at the Las Vegas Raiders. A lot of former Patriots here in this game and current Patriots, obviously. This matchup last year was one of the most bonkers games of the entire year, probably the entire I don't know how long, like the the last decade, like this, the game that these guys played last year was insane. It was the lateral play and, you know, the Patriots lost a game that was inexcusable. I have no reason to take the Patriots, so that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take the Patriots. I feel like in betting, when there is no reason to take a team, it's always smart to take that team because Vegas knows and they know what the public thinks. And if they really wanted you to take the Raiders, they probably would have made this like Two and a half, not three. So you know what? They're not fooling me. I'm taking the Patriots. It's ugly. They have three points in the past two games, but screw it. We're taking the Patriots. Nobody knows Jimmy Garoppolo better than Bill Belichick. Well, maybe Kyle Shanahan and maybe like D'Amico Ryans, but still, he's up there. Bill Belichick drafted this guy. He knows his weaknesses. Maybe they can find a way to mitigate the offense. But can the Patriots get their own offense going is the question. I'm hoping they can. I'll take the Pats plus three. The Eagles are at the Jets at MetLife here. The Eagles are six and a half road favorites, um, six and a half point road favorites. I'm going to take Philly. I, f I feel like Zach Wilson will be a bit overwhelmed in this matchup here. Um, the Eagles are missing some defenders. I think Jalen Carter and Darius Slay are out for this game, but still, um, you know, maybe the secondary for Philly is a bit concerning, but Still, it's Zach Wilson. He looks a little better, but I'm still not completely sold yet that he's completely turned a corner. Um, I'll take the Eagles minus six and a half. I can see their offense playing well in this game. And 
The Jets' defense, they may break down eventually because I just feel like the Jets' offense cannot sustain drives, so we'll see what happens there. But give me the Eagles, minus 6.5. The Lions are on the road at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers coming off a bye. The Lions are three-point favorites on the road. The Lions have some injuries. Emmanuel Mosley, Jameer Gibbs are out um, for the Lions. So I'm going to take the Buccaneers. They're off a bye. They're playing really well. Um, Detroit is not as good as they are on the road as they are at home. So that definitely factors into it for me. So, you know, their offense won't be as crazy. Tampa had time to prepare. They got Mike Evans healthy. He was a full go in practice today, apparently. So yeah, I'll take the Bucks plus three. This should be a great game though. Looking forward to it. Definitely. Um, Arizona Cardinals at the Los Angeles Rams. I'm kind of out on the Cardinals now. I figured after the uh, win versus the Cowboys, I'm starting to think like, hey, maybe the Cardinals can win, you know, six, seven games, but like they don't look very good anymore. And last week against the Niners, yes, it was the Niners, but Joshua Dobbs really came back down to earth and didn't look that great. So I'll take the Rams minus seven. Their offense looked a lot better with Cooper Cup last week. Stafford finally had some passing touchdowns. That was something he was not doing very often the first few weeks of the year. Um, the Rams, they definitely left some plays out there that could have been made. I mentioned in my Monday reaction to week number five, or yeah, week number five, that Stafford missed Puka Nakua on like a 60-yard touchdown. So if that play happened, that could have been a different outcome last week. So I feel like the Rams offense is good to go. The Cardinals... I don't know. They lost James Conner. Their run game will not be the same, I feel like. So I'll take the Rams at minus seven. The Giants at the Buffalo Bills. Um, I gave out my score prediction. I think I had the Giants covering. So I'll take the Giants plus 15. I'm hoping that this, you know, spark of Tyrod Taylor playing can maybe have them cover this number. But would not shock me if the Giants lost by a lot either. Um, Dallas Cowboys at the Los Angeles Chargers. The Cowboys are two-point favorites on the road. Probably will be more of a home game because I would have to imagine the Dallas Cowboys will definitely have more fans in this game than the Los Angeles Chargers. But the Chargers come off a bye. Um, they get Austin Eckler back, so that's big. But the Cowboys, I don't know. I, I You know me, I like the Chargers. I want to take the Chargers. But I feel like the play here is taking Dallas. I'm trying to argue my heart versus my brain here you know brain says take dallas heart says take the chargers i'll take dallas hopefully that defense can you know make justin herbert look not like justin herbert um and herbert does have that finger issue he broke one of his fingers i think and it's a non-throwing hand but still it's probably awkward for him so i don't know I'll, I'll take the cowboys minus two i think they can win this game so give me dallas minus two but uh yeah that's gonna do it for the spread picks hope you guys enjoyed the preview hope you guys enjoyed the picks and i will talk to you guys on sunday night late sunday night to react to a Giants loss in all likelihood. But hey, we'll try and we'll come on here. We'll try to have fun. So we'll see what happens. Hope you all enjoyed, and I'll talk to you guys next time.